Oh, it's cracking lovely people. Welcome to the Big Feed Up HQ podcast, episode 172. Another short, sharp solo show for you today. My experiences running ultramarathons. I've got my fifth ultramarathon coming up. I'm really excited to get into things. But before we do, just a little bit about me. I'm your host, as always, Matt Gardner. I'm a nutritional therapist specialising in sports nutrition and health span. I also work in digital healthcare as a health coach for pre-diabetics and type 2 diabetics. And I'm a food fanatic. I love outdoor fears. So if you enjoy the show, please share it with someone. Ultimately, it's the only way the show will grow. You can also subscribe, lovely people, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and do me a solid and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. If you like the show, you can find the link in the show notes. So I'm going to get into 33 Fuel a bit more during the show about some of the products and how I use them. But we've been working together for over three years to bring you the show. They help me out. Uh, They keep the lights on, so to speak. So 33 Fuel produce natural and powerful sports nutrition products. Simple as this. You can get MAT10. You can get MAT10. You can get 10% off your first product with MAT10 at checkout. First order. So this time of year, I like to use a tablespoon of their greens powder once a day mixed in water. As I prepare for a trail running event, I like to use uh, their natural energy drink, three to five tablespoons uh, in water before and during my bimbles. So have a ganders and I hope you find something useful. Let's get into things. So my experience running ultramarathons so far, I have my fifth ultramarathon coming up in uh, a few weeks time. So recording this what's the actual date today on the 9th of November and I've got my uh, 50k trail run um, the St Edmunds trail run I've put the link in the show notes to the race it's in Ickworth National Trust near where I grew up in Suffolk and just to wind the clock back a little I started uh, on this kind of ultra marathon journey back in 2017 I completed a rat race again I'll put the link to all of the races I discussed in the show notes so that um, it was called Man Versus Lakes. I did it with charity with uh, a handful of lads, brilliant boys, and um, we did that in 2017. And I kind of caught the bug, really. That was an obstacle course uh, marathon, ultra marathon, so it was just over uh, the marathon mark. Uh, I think it was roughly 27 miles or something, and the obstacle started at 20 miles plus. And I just enjoyed having to basically conserve energy, um, move along at an efficient pace, enjoy conversations enjoy the scenery i'm not redlining um on you know a pavement uh, boxed in with other runners crowds all that kind of thing so i really got the bug there and in 2018 briefly i'll just go through all of my races until we get to the one that i'm about to do in a couple of weeks i completed the cortina trail a mountain ultra marathon out in cortina in italy uh, that was 29 miles so a little bit further huge amounts of vertical climbing absolutely incredible experience i was hanging out of my hoop during that one um, in 2019 endurance life um, put on an ultra marathon in suffolk so distance a bit further uh, i think 33 34 miles i believe on that day um, and in 2020 i completed the country to capital ultramarathon with a uh, mate called henry and um, that was in january of 2020 so that was 42 miles so to wind the clock back basically after 2017 finishing that race feeling great i decided look i'm going to set myself a challenge to run an ultramarathon every year i will spend well depending on how much time i have and and what i can devote to the cause of training i'll spend every anywhere between a month and four months training for the race 
um, I decided to basically run um, after during the one um, in Cortina in the summer realizing well I always knew how much um, I'd be leaking in terms of sweat I'm a very sweaty person but I realized after really struggling doing that event in the summer uh, I have to run these ultra marathons in the winter I think it's just better for me I can control my sweat weight sweat weight sweat rate a little bit more um, and I think it's just generally a lot more manageable as well um, with my schedule and things and also it keeps me accountable through the winter so I set challenges now between um, November and January so I've got this one coming up in December I may also run the country to capital again in in um, in January 2022 but that's by the by so yeah let's fast forward to um, training for this event and I'll give you a few bits and bobs and tools and tactics and things and I have kind of used a lot of these tools and tactics probably over the last maybe three races um, I had to do a lot of different things for the ultra marathon in the summer the one in Cortina but let's just say that um, what I'm going to talk you through now I used for the country to capital and the endurance life in Suffolk so here's a few things that I think about and here's some of the systems that I put into place and then we'll take a step back and I'll just describe um, after listening to a brilliant podcast um, it's called The Drive with the author from the Atomic uh, Habits book I think James Clear his name is and they're talking about goals and systems so I'll link to that um, and it really resonated with me and um, I think it's a really interesting point to discuss the difference between goals and systems and what you're doing consistently and then maybe what you're training for um, as a one-off and then you might drop over time. So here's some of the things that I think about um, and, and I do leading up to, to each one of my ultramarathons every year. I practice um, with my running bag on at all times. So I have a running bag um, without boring you. Uh, obviously, I keep my kit in it for the race, um, water bottles, snacks, all of the bits and bobs that are needed for the race, waterproofs, um, whistle, etc., etc. When you look these things up, you see the mandatory kit list and you have to obviously have uh, those things in your bag at all times. So I don't obviously always run with a full bag, but I always do every single one of my runs with my running bag on to um, make sure I feel comfortable with it on at all times obviously as I start adding more things to it it allows my body to realize how does it feel does it bring me forward a little bit what's the weight like what's the fit like um, how do I feel running with it you know does does it change anything in terms of my sweat rate etc etc so you know that's the most important thing for me always training with the running bag that I'm going to be doing the race in um, so I've also found over the years that uh, liquids work better for me for the first four hours of the run, um, any race and things that I'm doing. So to put some context behind it, the country to capital took me over eight hours. Uh, I think the endurance life, oh, I can't really remember, maybe over six hours or something. Cortina Trail took me over eight hours. So I've experimented obviously with solids, um, semi-solids and things. So that could be something like a mashed banana or anything with a bit more moisture in it. Um, and then uh, liquids are obviously just um, drinks so everything from water to having carbohydrate solutions and things into them so for me because I'm running at conversation pace it's all about low and slow completing the event enjoying the experience I'm not hammering it I realize that my gut works a lot better consuming liquids um, for the first uh, four hours of the race or let's just say up to maybe uh, the marathon mark or something like that 
for me also that uh, caffeine uh, before the race brilliant you know I, I kind of titrate down the amount of coffee I have sometimes I might even take three or four days off coffee before an event but um, I've found on the day um, drinking coffee at aid stations or eating sorry eating chewing um, caffeine chewing gum they're brilliant products they work but they just don't sit well with my stomach and I often have to go to the loo so I have to be really smart with the caffeine um, as much as I know there may be a performance boost there I just think the trade-offs it's not the best I generally have to stop go to the loo it disrupts momentum um, and obviously you don't feel great when you've got a bit of a bad stomach as well if you're listening to this and you know what I'm talking about you'd you know you'd like to try and avoid it as best you can during ultra marathons it's it's hard to avoid it completely um it's not it's not always about um you know trying to prevent it and often it's about kind of realizing that things will happen but i know um i'm stacking the odds in my favor if i don't consume coffee or caffeine chewing gum during so sticking to coffee beforehand and and that'll do me um, blister plasters around my toes um, I don't really need them on the heels I don't really need them on the outside of my feet around the toes really work and then this product I use called Burt's Bees um, I'll again put a link in the show notes I just put inside thigh and lower back lower backs because my um, my bag might rub on my lower back uh, that works really well um, I used to like having a backwards cap to catch some of the sweat um, coming from my hair and things and then I realized actually um, I, I was trapping a lot of the heat trying to trying to uh, leave my body so I was actually feeling hotter with the backwards cap so um, I make sure that my hair is shorter for events now I'm not wearing uh, a backwards cap and I always try and compete compete well I'm not I'm not competing to win I always try and um, enter and complete these races in the winter um, so they're they're the kind of tips and tricks that I've found over the years and hopefully you can resonate um, with some of them and, and you find them useful so practicing with my bag at all times um, utilizing uh, more liquids for the first kind of third maybe two-thirds of the race um, not utilizing caffeine during the race because it causes stomach issues um, placing the blister part plasters in important areas that I know will help me rather than just the usual areas people tell you using that the Burt's Bees kind of um, let's just call it like a cream type thing for inner thighs and lower back for avoiding chafing no backwards cap shorter hair and always doing these events in the winter um, so as we move on to the nutrition and obviously it's such a massive area I'm really happy if you want to contact me to ask me a little bit more about the nutrition side of things but in a nutshell because I know people want to grab this and go I want to try and make this show under 20 minutes something that you can just utilize um, and you don't have to just listen to kind of long-winded protocols what I like to do on longer running days categorize longer running days for anything more than say an hour and 10 hour and 20 so if I'm doing anything longer than that on feet um, what I'll change to will be um, five meals a day so say I'm running for less than an hour um, or I'm doing a weight session um, or I'm not training at all I will eat breakfast lunch um, I will have an afternoon snack and dinner whereas if I'm running more than an hour and 15 uh, something like that let's just say I'll have breakfast lunch afternoon snack dinner and I'll have a post dinner snack so I'm simply adding just uh, another feed um, and I might pad out um, my afternoon snack between lunch and dinner. I might make that a little bit larger. So generally that just means I'll be adding more carbohydrates during the day. Um, I try and keep the protein sources 
in my meals very similar um, i try and keep um, the veg uh, sources well i try and vary the amount the types of veg but i keep the kind of amount in my uh, lunch and dinner uh, quite quite similar so the only real variable i'm i'm changing um, on my running days is just adding more carbohydrates from certain foods which i'll go through and i basically just keep it as simple as that as i get closer to the race so let's just say within a month um so the kind of area that i'm in now i'm three weeks or so away um i will use some of the 33 fuel products so the energy drink i'll actually sip i've got one here next to me now i'll sip um between main meals um so again it helps me recover levels of carbohydrate if, if i've been out say for an hour and a half run this morning that's important but it's also just getting my gut used to the products because i'm going to be drinking them eating them during the race so today i, I i've taken a, a couple i say two and a half tablespoons in water it will help me rehydrate and also just helps my body get used to the product as well so i'll do that between breakfast and lunch today and um my uh probably have it around um, with my afternoon snack later i'll also actually take one of their chia seed energy gels i'll probably consume maybe two or three of those um during my runs so again i'll i'll probably place those those gels in uh, my snacks um, or i might have them um you know during a or after a main meal or with a main meal just again to get my body used to them so just to summarize um, on longer running days categorized by more than an hour and 15 hour and 20 of running i will add an extra um, snack in before bed i might increase um, the carbohydrates in my afternoon snack and then i'm going to be using 33 fuel products just to get used to them uh, and all, obviously they help me recover carbohydrate levels too so the energy drink and the gel um, so to give you a bit of an example of of a day um, obviously you know, these are foods that, that I enjoy, that I can prepare, um, that I am used to, that sit well with me. Um, so I, I, there's no point going through my lunch and, and, and dinner options because they will they do change. But things that I always keep the same and you might be interested in would be uh, breakfast wise. If I'm working in the city, it's always going to be a type of overnight oats. But if I'm from home, it will be homemade pancakes. So that's a scoop of protein powder, banana, teaspoon of baking powder, seven tablespoons of oats, um, a splash of milk and an egg. I will share a few brownies, so I won't I won't um, consume all of them. And then depending, you know, depending on what I'm doing, um, I, I might add some peanut butter or some jam to some of those. Um, and I'll have my coffee, my water. Um, afternoon snack wise will probably be a, a cereal. So like a bran flakes, I might add a handful of raisins or something in there. Um, and then and then I'll have a little bit of yogurt on the side too, like, like a low fat yogurt on the side. And then on kind of longer running days, um, I might add some saurine loaf into that. I might add some fruit into the yogurt. Um, I might add some flapjack. Um, so they're um, usually homemade, or, or either um, they're they're made by mum who sends them to me, or um, Brian will make them or something like that. So I'm just kind of increasing the amount of carbohydrate in my snacks. Um, and then post dinner. Um, again, if I haven't had, say, yogurt and fruit or something in that afternoon snack, I might have that in there. And to be honest, before longer runs as well, because I know some of these things are going to come up in aid stations um, and they generally sit quite well with me. I'll, I'll probably have some milk chocolate. Um, I might even have some popcorn. Um, we're quite lucky to get um, a lot of that Joe and Seth's popcorn um, over the years and that's always kicking around. So, yes, OK, from a health span point of view, it's probably not best to have popcorn and things before bed from a blood sugar point of view 
um, and you know that that might not help if someone's trying to curb a sweet tooth but for me I know they're fast acting I'm getting up in the morning I'm training um, without having any caffeine I'm literally just having a large glass of water and I'm going out for a, a kind of two hour you know hour and a half two hour fasted run so sometimes that that post dinner snack will will include some sugarier items just to really fill up the tank um, to add some more energy to get ready for the morning training um, so to summarize on longer running days, breakfast, lunch, afternoon snack, dinner and post-dinner snack. So five feeds um, on uh, shorter running days. So less than, say, an hour. I might do a weight training session or I might not train at all. I'm just going to have breakfast, lunch, um, a smaller afternoon snack. So that might just be the yogurt um, and dinner and then no post-dinner snack. So it's kind of that fuel for the work required concept. I'm adding in an extra snack on a, on a longer run day. I'm adding in more carbohydrates into my afternoon snack on a long, longer run day and then everything else stays the same so the protein options at breakfast lunch and dinner stay the same i try to eat a variety of vegetables but the amount um, stays the same at lunch and dinner and then we go from there so i hope you found that helpful that's a little bit of a summary around um, some of the things i picked up tools and tactics for um, my training and then actually during uh, the race um, how, I'm, how I'm feeling about what I'm eating, what I'm wearing um, and practicing all those things as well beforehand. Um, and then my nutrition um, as, as I'm gearing up for for each race as well. So say this one, um, I've, I've kind of got a place last minute, so I've only um, got a month or so to train. But say for the one the year before the country to capital, I had about four months to train. Um, so I was quite fortunate to kind of stagger the process. Um, so, yeah, if we move on a little bit to the difference between a goal and a system. I found this conversation um, really interesting. And like I said, I'll pop the uh, link in the show notes um, for that podcast. It's called The Drive. And the host is Peter Atier, the guest, James Clear. He's written a book called um, Atomic Habits, Habits. I haven't actually read it. But um, yeah, it's interesting. And I'll just summarize things here. So James talked about how goal is your desired outcome or the target, the thing that you're shooting for. So say, I don't know, I sign up for one marathon that's my goal um, or I don't know I'm trying to lose lose weight lose a few kilos um, and once I get there that's it it's done I'm not gonna continue my training um, I'm not gonna continue uh, my, my, my dieting phase once I've reached my goal or um, you know some of the behaviors and things that I've changed um, so once I've got there I drop it it's done whereas your systems are the collection of daily habits that you follow so all the little gears in the machine so um, what I've tried to do over the last one, two, three, four, over the last five years or so by doing an ultramarathon every year, um, it's it's making a lot of these behaviours and things habitual. So yes, OK, I'm ramping things up a month to three to four months before um, a race each year. Yes, I know it's going to be coming um, between November and January, but before then... It's about ticking along, keeping myself running fit, as I'd call it. Um, yes, I might run three, four times a week leading up to an ultramarathon. But um, when I'm not, you know, in the summer or between, um, you know, f- whatever, spring to summer when I know I haven't got any events, I'm still ticking things along. Um, I'm still trying to get out a few times a week. I'm still doing my fasted runs. I'm still um, trying to look after my leg strength when I'm doing my weights. Um, I'm still running with my running bag, things like that. It's, it's, it's putting these systems into place and, and keeping them for the long term. And because I'm setting myself a challenge every year to run one of these ultra marathons, 
then is something that it's not a one-off. It's not just a goal that I achieve and then I drop everything else. All those behaviours that I've accumulated, that I've stacked on each other, are gone because, right, I've done the race, it's over. Whereas I'm trusting myself to keep these habits in place, to keep these systems in place so that when November uh, rolls around every year and I book into an event, if it's, say this year, it's a 50k next year, you know, maybe I'll go longer or maybe I'll go shorter. It has to be over a marathon distance. That's the only stipulation. I um, am trusting that my systems have made me robust enough given me given me a good platform and then depending on the race and uh, the distance the terrain yes i'm going to have to add things to to try and hopefully make my system bulletproof to to get through to think about how much time i'm going to put on feet to think about where i'm going to travel to do the race etc etc um but it's it's a few adjustments but the point is the 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 systems are put in place and i'm doing it year on year so it's not just a one-off so you know goals are for people who care about winning one time so for example i've achieved that that marathon is done brilliant whereas systems are for people who care about winning again and again um winning is you know i'm not saying i'm going to win the race but I'm, i'm winning um and i'm treating it as a win myself because i'm achieving this uh challenge every year i'm trusting my systems and and i'm trying to put them in place so that uh, I'm ready to take on that challenge every year. It's not a one-off. So the point James is making, when when he realised the difference between systems and goals, you make that you make that mental shift, and and it can be useful for sustaining results. Um, so I hope that makes sense. So I haven't actually read the book, but what he discussed in the podcast and what I think is worth going through now is that making the small changes that are easy to do, laying layering them on top of each other like units, um, and they're a larger system collectively, and you and you can get powerful and remarkable results. So I know over the last five years, if I am building up to an event and I'm running for more than an hour and fifteen, the habit will be I'm going to have five meals on that day. Some obviously are smaller, two snacks between lunch and dinner. Sorry, one snack between lunch and dinner, one snack post dinner, and and I'm going to be adding more volume of food um, from carbohydrate sources. You know, that's the main thing. Um, what I'll also do is a small habit. I'll be pulling out some of these products that I don't eat day to day, that I don't consume as drinks. So the natural energy drink, the, the gels, things like that. Things that are in the aid stations that might be a bit more sugary and confectionery. I'm just going to start adding into the diet a little bit more on running days because if I encounter, say, some chocolate at an aid station or something like that, if I've practiced eating, that you know that that product for example my gut isn't going to be like whoa this is completely new um i totally get it if people want to go lean and clean everything natural that's fantastic thinking about long-term health um but sometimes um just keeping the 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 gut a bit more robust having some of these um, products that you know you're going to be facing if your race doesn't go to plan and you are going to get in something sugary for me it's you know it's brilliant to practice um so that's from like a an ultramarathon standpoint um, and, and a nutrition standpoint habits, building in that system, trusting it and, and ramping things up when you need to. 
Um, so I suppose looking at it from another side of things, like an exercise side of things, if you're not into your running too much, um, another system that I like to, to to nurture and to make sure that I have a kind of minimum standard per se when it comes to exercise. And no ego here, no boasting. This is just something for me and something for you to reflect on. Um, if I'm running more, um, I'm thinking about my endurance exercise, I still keep a minimum standard in terms of my body weight exercise and a bit of my uh, strength training and movement. So at all times, I, I have to be able to do uh, 30 press-ups, nose to, nose to floor, chest to floor, whatever you want to call it. I have to be able to do um, seven dead hang pull-ups. So pull, chest to the bar, um, arms fully extended and stop at the bottom for a second. And then I've still got to do uh, some strict kind of clean to press overhead um, with a 20 kilo kettlebell, five each side and just move well and, and feel good. Um, so no egos, no boasting there. Um, but that's another thing where um, I haven't got just a one off uh, strength goal or I haven't got just um, a, a one off goal for, for looking good of a shirt off in um I don't know, we, we're going on holiday soon, looking good on a beach, etc., etc., and then everything drops out the window. I keep a minimum standard for bodyweight exercises so that if something does slip, if I then go to try to do my seven pull-ups and I fail at six, I'm like, right, wait a sec, this has to take priority. My pulling has to take a priority. I've got to add another session in there. And once I hit that minimum standard, brilliant. If I want to ramp things up, obviously I can. But it's having that ticking over in the background. It's not just a goal. It's uh, it's a system of exercise that I'm making sure I do one, maybe two. It, obviously, I do a bit more of the body weight training when I'm not um, doing my ultra marathon training in the spring summer. And it's keeping that into place. Um, so I'm caring about basically achieving that over and over. It's not just a one off. So I hope that will make sense, lovely people. I popped everything you need in the show notes. So the list of the races that I've completed, definitely check them out. See if you find anything useful. And if you do enter, give me a shout. If you've listened to this and it's inspired you, give me a shout. Um, I've linked obviously to 33 Fuels products. Um, and, you know, I have to be clear, they do help me out with the show. So I'm biased in that way, but I have used them um, in every race. Man versus Lakes, Cortina Trail, Endurance Live Suffolk event, um, and um, a countryside to capital. And I'm about to use them in this 50k um, St Edmunds Trail, so in, in Ixworth uh, National Trust coming up. Um, I'll also link to the show that I mentioned uh, with with um, the author James Clear on the drive by Peter Atia. So um, look. If you like the show, lovely people, as always, please share it with someone. I'm really enjoying these show, show the, the show, <laughs> the solo shows. Um, I hope you find them useful. Um, I've, I've seen that the uh, appetite regulation show has gone down really well. I've seen that um, building a plate of food has gone down really well. So it's great. It's great that you support and listen to the show. And if you can share it with someone, if you found this useful, if you have any more questions for me, then uh, just reach out. So take care and I'll speak to you again soon.